Hello and welcome. I'm back. It's Eric Erickson here. It is my show. I'm delighted to have you with me. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this year's program, is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Thanks to Alan Sanders, by the way, for filling in for me on Friday while I was with the Braves Parade. That parade, you should note, downtown Atlanta, the bus was going 30, 40 miles an hour. Apparently, Uh, In parts of Midtown, they had barricades put up, the parade barricades, but in a lot of downtown, they did not. Uh, The city failed to do that, and so the Braves bus driver went fast, afraid people would spill it into the street. Problem is, he kept going fast, even when they got to the part where the barriers were. A lot of people stood out all day uh, waiting for the parade, and zoom, the bus went by. It's still a thing. People in Atlanta are livid. Can't really blame them. All right, uh, I, 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 got a, I got an observation before we get into anything else. So if you're listening to me nationally, I am in uh, south of Atlanta, and around here you go into your grocery store, restaurants, people are still wearing masks. Now the customers are not, but the workers are. I took my kids over to Louisiana on Friday night. Uh, my wife is out of town. It was my dad's birthday so the kids and i flew to baton rouge louisiana with the exception of the airport there was no one anywhere in a mask not the wait staff at the restaurants not the people i mean we went into the uh the avis rental car place at the airport and there was big signs everywhere federal law requires you wear a mask and the the agents there weren't even wearing their masks People in the airport in Baton Rouge weren't wearing their masks and the, no one was saying anything to them until they started to get on the plane. There were no masks anywhere. Uh, not the waitresses or the waiters, not the wait staff. In the coffee shop, there were a couple of people in masks. I do take that back. A couple of hipsters in the coffee shop, but no, no, hardly, I mean, nobody really in the coffee shop. At the hotel, nobody wore masks at the hotel. Neither the staff nor the uh, people visiting the hotel. There were no masks anywhere. It was wonderful to see. And I just keep thinking about these poor progressives around the country who are still so freaked out by an endemic illness that's no different from the flu. And now suddenly we've got them all, oh, we got to wear masks all the time. I want to wear masks constantly. You see what they're doing. They're slowly moving the goalposts from we've got to just wear masks right now to we must always wear masks. We're never allowed to get out of them again. You know, the um, incoming mayor of New York, Eric Adams, has said he wants to get rid of the mask mandate in New York for schools in particular. He wants to get rid of the mask mandate. It's probably time to do that. Uh, There's no reason to keep the masks going anywhere. Time to get rid of them. It's time to get rid of them on airplanes. You know, if the prior to the mask mandate on planes, I mean, that was when COVID was real and spreading rapidly around the country. And some airlines insisted on them, but some of them didn't. And they all bragged about the surgical quality of the air on their planes. When COVID first started, I was advocate, advocating masks. It seemed like at the time, if we could even, and look, the data on masks shows that at most it's 10% effectiveness, which when there's a global pandemic and hospitals are full, okay, that that's good. 
But over time, of course, COVID has now mutated. And instead of large droplets, it's aerosols. And there's a lot of dubious data now on whether masks to this point are effective at all. And we hardly have any mask compliance except on airplanes. But on airplanes, they brag about the quality of their air conditioners. Their air is better than most surgery centers. It's time to get rid of the mask mandates. I don't know if you know of this or not, but COVID is rapidly diminishing in the country. And now so many Americans are vaccinated. If they do get it, it's going to be a mild case, probably not hospitalized or dead. And additionally, Merck and Pfizer have additional supplementary treatments. In fact, the Pfizer supplemental medication for COVID, kind of like Tamiflu for COVID, is so good that seven people died in the trials and they were all on the placebo. Not a single person died uh, who were actually on the drug. That's very, very good data. It is time for this country to stop treating this like a pandemic. It is time for everyone to go back to their lives. It is time for this president to open everything back up. The data is compelling that it is time to treat this just like flu season. And let everybody go back to their lives. And the people who want the vaccine and the booster, go get it. Otherwise, you may get COVID. And if you do, there are all sorts of therapies now so that you can live your life. But a mask mandate at this point is a matter of progressives who are scared. And they want the rest of us to live in fear with them. I have said this before. It needs to be said again. The ongoing protocols for COVID are not about the left wanting to control your life. I know some of you, because this is the talking point on the right, a lot of my friends believe this. I hear it on the the, the TV shows and the talk shows that I listen to and pay attention to. It's all about control, and they're wrong. And I realize that they say this, because they want you to hate the left. They, they want you to internalize hatred for the left. They want you to think you're being controlled. That's not really true. What's really going on is that the people who put the protocols in place cannot admit they're wrong. It has nothing to do with controlling you and everything with not being able to admit they got it wrong. It is a matter of pride and reputation. They said all along we were going to get rid of COVID. We were going to do all the things possible to get rid of COVID. And now we're not going to get rid of COVID. It's going to be around forever, just like the flu. And they are incapable of steering their airplane from landing on COVID zero runway to always have COVID runway. They cannot do it. At some point, because they're incapable of landing the plane, the plane is going to run out of fuel and fall out of the sky. They cannot accept humbly that they got it wrong. They cannot accept humbly that they misguided us. They cannot accept humbly that the rest of us have moved on. This was never about control. I know it sounds good. I know you want to believe it, but it's all about their pride and vanity It's all about them not being able to admit they got it wrong and they can't let it go as a result. They are perpetually in pursuit of COVID zero. That will never come. It's time to land the freaking plane. It's time to say this is over. 
We are going to treat this like the flu. Singapore, by the way, is doing this. Singapore is already there. Singapore said, we're going to boost hospital staff. We're going to make sure we have drugs available. Uh, Otherwise, go live your life. We need to do the same here. Live your life. Get your mask off. Go back to crowded shopping malls. Go back to your life. Go back to airplanes. I mean, where we are right now with COVID is when you're on an airplane and you're eating your pretzels, you can take your mask off. And if you slowly eat your pretzels the entire flight, COVID apparently cannot affect you because you can keep your mask off the entire time and COVID apparently does not affect you as long as you're sipping water or, or, or eating something, you can keep your mask off. There are a couple of restaurants in Atlanta I like to go to. And they are uh, restaurants that have a mask policy when you're moving through the restaurant. Apparently, when you stand up in the restaurant, COVID might be up at that six feet high. And so you got to put a mask on. But the moment you sit down and your your head is out of that six foot altitude range, you sit down and suddenly your your COVID can't touch you while you're at your at your seat. COVID, impossibly, it can't touch you. You can take your mask off and be there the entire time. But the moment you stand up to go to the restroom, you got to put your mask on. That doesn't make sense. It's anti-science. And all of these people who say, oh, we love the science, we're going to follow the science. They're not following the science. At this point, you know what the science says? We're not getting rid of this, but we have drugs to ameliorate the uh, sickness should you have it. So go live your life. Take your mask off. Be like the people in Louisiana or Florida. And those of you who live in Georgia, you can take your mask off now. In fact, at this point, there should be concerted government campaign to tell you, go back to life and take your mask off. Get them out of schools, get them off of planes, get them out of everything. Now, I'll get into the Aaron Rodgers situation here in just a minute, but I just, I had to start the show with that. I I was shocked going to Louisiana realizing there's nobody with a mask on. It was impressive. It was incredible. It was like normal life. Now, the Democrats are trying to go back to normal as well. The Democrats, well, the Democrats, they passed the infrastructure bill, except they did not pass the infrastructure bill. The infrastructure bill was passed by Republicans. I want you to listen to this audio from Ron Klain. Ron Klain is Joe Biden's chief of staff in the White House. Listen to Ron Klain. Well, look, I do think the voters uh, sent a message on Tuesday. They wanted to see more action in Washington. They wanted to see things move more quickly. And, and three days later, Congress responded, passing the president's infrastructure bill. But, but a lot of work went into getting us there over the past few months. So I don't think the election alone put it over the line. What put it over the line was President Biden starting back in uh, April, putting it before the country, working with Democrats and Republicans in the Senate to get it through the Senate in August, working with a broad coalition in the House to finally pass it. You know, Chuck, this is the oldest show on television, as you know. As long as this show has been on the air, people have come on the show and said we should make a massive investment in infrastructure yeah. to grow the economy, to strengthen the thing. We finally did it on Friday. That's the bottom line for, for us, I think. Now, I, you, what you need to hear him say is that uh, we took a beating in Virginia on Tuesday night, and the Democrats responded by passing the infrastructure bill three days later. The Democrats are taking credit for this. To hell with those 13 Republicans. Here's the problem. 
The Democrats could not have passed their infrastructure plan without these 13 Republicans. There are valid reasons, though I disagree with them. Policy-wise, there were valid reasons to support the infrastructure bill. As a matter of public policy, I can see why some moderate Republicans would support it. But there is no reason at all for any of these Republicans to have supported an infrastructure plan when Nancy Pelosi could not get the Democrats to vote for it. Why do you give the Democrats a win and a talking point three days after their loss in Virginia? Now, I've had some of these Republican congressmen reach out to me and they've provided their reasons. This is support, bipartisan. It's a bipartisan bill. Republicans get a lot out of it. I don't care. You gave the Democrats a win. Joe Biden's chief of staff is on television on Sunday saying that uh, the, the Democrats heard you, Virginia, and look what we've done. We've passed this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your politics are. I, I, I don't care your partisan level. I don't care how hardcore of a partisan you are. As a matter of political strategy, when one party is shooting itself in the foot, for the other party to step forward and say, no, no, shoot me instead, you don't do that. But these 13 Republicans did that. Do you really think the Democrats would do it for them? Now, the only justification I can see for them helping the Democrats get this over the finish line when the Democrats were in disarray and couldn't do it themselves is that they have a side agreement privately that the moderates will kill the Build Back Better Reconciliation Plan. If they have an agreement with the moderates to oppose Build Back Better, then okay. But nobody's saying that's what they have. Nobody's saying that. So I have a hard time believing that the Democrats, the moderates, are going to kill Build Back Better. I don't see it. The progressives would have killed the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and the Democrats would have been in chaos. But the Republicans threw them a lifeline. And again, listen, I, I don't care what I don't care what your partisan position is, but a party should not help another party when that party is in complete disarray. In Washington, it's just bad politics. You may like the underlying policy, but if your party can't herd the cats in a particular direction, why give them the lifeline? There's no reason to do that. And besides, this really is a garbage piece of major federal spending that we don't need right now when we've got inflation out there the way we have it. And yet, 13 Republicans did it. Now, bottom line here, Kevin McCarthy should punish them. He punished Liz Cheney. Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't have any committee assignments in Washington. So what are the ramifications for these 13? Some of them aren't running again. There's nothing you can do. But what are the ramifications for the rest of them? Kevin McCarthy shouldn't be Speaker of the House. He never should have been, never should be. Republicans should block him from being in this is another example of why you cannot keep your party in line and you wound up giving the other party headlines, positive headlines, three days after they're drubbing in Virginia. It's the politics and the strategy that matters here, not the underlying policy. 
And those 13 screwed up the strategy. And Kevin McCarthy won't do anything to him. And that tells you everything you need to know about Kevin McCarthy. He'll punish Liz Cheney. He'll go along with stripping Marjorie Taylor Greene of committee assignments. He won't do anything to these people who just gave the Democrats a win. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my ex chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs and then I got my ex chair and it is the perfect chair. In fact, my ex chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic lumbar, DVL, they call it, dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X-Chair because I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair. And X-Chair takes it to the next level. What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X, chair, E-R-I-C-K.com, or call 844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's xchaireric, E-R-I-C-K.com. It is worth it. The phone number here is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Y'all, so I I was off, I was actually on radio on Friday, but it was dealing with the Brave celebration. And uh, so Alan Sanders was in for me, and uh, this this is striking. I played some of this audio for you. The other day, but I got to replay this. This is the media montage of what happened after Virginia, and they've doubled down on this over the weekend. Glenn Youngkin played the race card for a reason because he knows it works on certain white voters. He did stoke white grievance politics to mobilize the Republican base. He's laundered Trump's really sort of disgusting, flagrant out-racism, he's wrapped it in education. Education, which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching about race. That's the fundamental problem for these parents and this anti-CRT movement. They don't like the way whiteness is being portrayed in these new, more inclusive lessons. This wasn't about those pocketbook issues. This was about how white kids feel talking about what black kids go through. The subtext of all this was, we can't let these black and brown people run the country. Glenn Youngkin running on critical race theory that he knew hit a chord around race. And it went on and on and on. They've doubled down on it. They don't understand the cultural issues at stake. Yes, you can call in. In fact, we're going to go to the phones. It's Eric Erickson here. It is my show. You can call in. As the voice says, 877-973-7425. Let's go to Dale first today. Welcome to the program, Dale. Eric, I think maybe these Republicans that voted for the infrastructure bill could be pulling off like a brilliant sacrifice move in a chess game. Now, if by decoupling Nancy has stabbed the progressives in the back or the, you know, the squad and uh, by decoupling this at this point, the squad has no more leverage. They're not going to pass that big human infrastructure bill. They don't want to, this has all just been lip service. They're gaslighting them. And now they've got what they really want. And also 
the Republicans know that this is going to deepen that divide between the far left and the moderate Democrats. And that's just a third possibility. I agree with all three. They may have just stumbled into it, but somebody may be thinking about it. Well, listen, if they are thinking about it and the moderates do now scuttle Build Back Better, then yeah, it was it was worth getting it over the finish line for a lot of them, and I get that. But when you've got Nancy unable to herd her cats, I don't know why you throw them a lifeline unless you've got that deal behind the scenes. Now, maybe they have the deal behind the scenes and maybe they're keeping the mouth shut. I'll believe it when I see it. And if, if Build Back Better can't get passed then okay, give them the infrastructure. But to do it the week of Virginia with all the chaos, when the Democrats can't get their votes together to have those 13 Republicans, it's amazing Nancy Pelosi could rely on those 13 Republicans. Uh, this, by the way, I, I think is why Kevin McCarthy should never be Speaker of the House. I'm afraid they're going to let him be, but he, I think he's going to be a disastrous Speaker of the House, and this is indicative of why. Uh, to the phones we go again. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hey, yeah, Eric, I, I agree with you. I wanted to push back on that previous caller in terms of I definitely don't give the Republicans that much credit in terms of strategizing and thinking. But that kind of leads to what you just mentioned about McCarthy. Is there anybody going to challenge him? Are there any challengers out there that you could see someone out of nowhere does it 2022 is a bloodbath and they see a rise of, of a fighter? Is there anyone that you see would do that? Or are we just stuck in 2022 and every two years of, well, we can't do this because we got an election coming up. Excuse coming from these guys. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, Jim Jordan may challenge him and have the votes. I don't know that Jordan will have the votes to do it. Uh, but if they don't, uh, they're going to have to have somebody because I don't think McCarthy is up for the task. And the Republicans have to find somebody. Now, Jim Jordan is somewhat polarizing for a lot of the more moderate Republicans, but they got to have somebody. They, they've got to have somebody because this is just garbage. Uh, and Kevin McCarthy just is not in control of his own body. I knew you could say, well, Pelosi isn't either. But McCarthy has uh, other underlying fundamental problems. At heart, Nancy Pelosi is a progressive and has a progressive ideology. Kevin McCarthy is an amoeba. Kevin McCarthy is whatever you need him to be so that you vote for him. He is unprincipled, and I think it would be a waste of time for the Republicans to put someone with no governing principles in the Speaker's booth. I mean, we've got this problem here in, in Georgia. Uh, in, in Georgia, where I am, uh, the Speaker of the House here, David Ralston, is a principleless Republican who just wants power. And there are a group of principled Republicans, and so these in the House of Representatives here in Georgia. And so the Speaker of the House, David Ralston, has released maps for redistricting that gets rid of all of them, actually gives their districts to the Democrats, and reduces the number of Republicans in the House of Representatives solely because he wants to get rid of the principled Republicans, which is staggering. You're literally seeing Republicans in Georgia give away the Georgia House to the Democrats to get rid of the Republicans who actually take a stand for conservatives. It's just, and we're going to have somebody, a, a principalist hack like Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker's House in Washington. No, no, we can't have that. We can't. All right, look, I, I got to move on to other stuff here, including uh, this Aaron Rodgers thing. I want to play for you some audio. 
This is uh, MSNBC's uh, Lemire. I forget his first name. He's talking about Aaron Rodgers. And I need you to listen to what he says before I comment upon it. Yeah, those words will hit hard. and They'll resonate among NFL fans, to be sure. It's interesting how the league has very quickly turned on Rodgers. A lot of the reporting on this came from NFL.com, the state media, if you will, of the National Football League. Uh, and Rodgers did two things here that I think a lot of people are going to have a really hard time with. First of all, he lied. Uh, you know, he chose his words, immunized, to, you know, obviously uh, dodged the question about whether he was vaccinated or not when he was asked back in training camp. Uh, and then he also put his teammates in danger. Uh, you know, he didn't follow the protocols uh, that the NFL laid out for unvaccinated vaccinated players, uh, according to reporting. And he showed up at news conferences with media members, uh, you know, not wearing a mask uh, when he he obviously should have. And he gave this interview on Friday that was just that was just so damaging, uh, promoting conspiracy theories, attacking the cancel culture and the woke mob, you know, saying how Joe Rogan was his expert analysis. Meanwhile, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's a top three star in the NFL. He could have access to any medical personnel he would like. Uh, he has all the money. Uh, as well. And his fall from grace here in the last few days has simply been swift and stunning. The team lost without him this weekend. Uh, they looked hopeless. Uh, and it is really difficult to imagine him sort of getting back in good graces, but also facing his teammates in the locker room uh, after all of this, when he does return uh, from this COVID-19 uh, leave that he's been that he's been placed on. Uh, and look, I'm not one to ever defend Kyrie Irving, who's the other big star in the NBA, uh, who also is not vaccinated, at least for now. And looks like he's missing the entire season for the Brooklyn Nets. But at least, I mean, Irving made his choice and then kind of went away. He's not promoting conspiracy theories in public forums. Rogers did, and that makes this uh, all the worse. Okay. Uh, listen, let, let, let's be upfront here. It is not in dispute. Aaron Rodgers obfuscated, if not flat out lied, about whether or not he was vaccinated. It's not really in dispute. He, he did that. He has COVID now, but here's here's my problem with this coverage. So much of the media coverage has been, oh my goodness, he 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 put us, he put us in danger. We the media, the members of the press, he put us in danger. He put his teammates in danger. He did not. He did not. Aaron Rodgers, until now, has not had COVID. Therefore, no one has been in danger. No one was put in danger. You know what? You could get on an airplane tomorrow and it could crash. Are you in danger on that airplane? No. The odds are you're not going to be in a plane crash. A commercial aviation plane crashes are very rare. You could get in a plane crash tomorrow, yes, but the odds are you're not. When you get on your flight and go see your family, you're not in danger. All these reporters who interviewed Aaron Rodgers were not in danger. Why? Because he didn't have COVID. COVID. But, but, but he might, but he might, but he might. He did not have COVID. You were not in any danger. His teammates have not been any danger. He was getting tested. How do we know Aaron Rodgers has COVID? Because he got tested and it came back positive. No, we're not going to excuse Aaron Rodgers for, for lying or obfuscating, but we should not also excuse the media for making it all about them. Oh, he put us in danger when we interviewed him. No, you were never in danger because he didn't have COVID. His teammates were never in danger because he didn't have COVID. 
the, the hysteria here that because he was not vaccinated, he was a danger. No, that's not the way it works. If I don't get the flu vaccine and you hang out with me, you are not in danger of getting the flu. When I was a kid, my family moved home from Dubai before the Gulf War started. I remember the night the Gulf War started. This was, for you kids out there, this was the early 90s, not not the 2000 ones. It was the other President Bush. My dad worked for Conoco Oil and for Dubai Petroleum Company. And we moved back to the States. When we lived in Dubai, my dad would work offshore for seven days and he would come home for seven days. When we moved back to the U.S., he would go offshore to Dubai for 28 days and come home for 28 days. And I remember the night the Gulf War started, after Saddam Hussein had invaded and taken over Kuwait, my dad should have landed and should have called, and he never called, and he never called, and he never called, and we knew when he would call, and he never called. And I remember my mom saying, Bet the war has started. Sure enough, we turn on television and NBC News breaks in. Tom Brokaw was still the anchor at the time that the American response had begun. The air war had begun. And I remember CNN, CNN, Bernard Shaw and the like, they were in Baghdad as the missiles were falling and bombs were exploding. They were in danger. They were in a war zone. Reporters, who, by the way, are more likely than not wearing masks, talking to Aaron Rodgers, who does not have COVID or did not have COVID, they were never in any danger. If you're in a war zone, and the bombs are falling around you, you can say you're in danger. If you're on the streets during a shootout, you can say you're in danger. If you're walking unmasked through a COVID ward at a hospital, you can say you're in danger. But when you interview an NFL star and have your few minutes with him basking in his fame and he does not have COVID, you are not, nor were you ever were, in danger. You could be in danger now, but if you've been vaccinated and you've gotten your booster shot and you go hang out with Aaron Rodgers, the odds of you getting COVID are still slim to none. You're still not in any danger. What you don't like is that he lied to you and to his teammates. And you want to punish him for his dishonesty. But the reality here is that you were never in any danger, nor were his teammates. And you and your pursuit of the story and how you view the story is really a damning indictment on the media. Now, many of those members of the media who were most outraged by Aaron Rodgers were in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area where COVID hit harder than anywhere else in the country per capita. And I suspect 
that had they lived in Texas or Florida or Georgia, they would not be as outraged by Aaron Rodgers. Because I think many of these reporters have some form of PTSD from having to deal with all the COVID stuff in New York and see all their friends and family dying up there. And and so we can't get fair and balanced coverage of COVID because uh, they've tipped over on COVID. And so that affects how they're covering Aaron Rodgers. Many of these sportscasters as well are very progressive and they have very little reason or opportunity to show their progressivism between uh, been so affected by COVID in New York and being progressive, they can now unleash on Aaron Rodgers and they can take the big man down who they otherwise would have loved. His fall from grace is a manufactured fall from grace in a situation that should otherwise be no big deal. The man did not get vaccinated and he lied. And yes, he'll be held accountable for that. But do we really think anything is really going to happen to Aaron Rodgers? Really? Do you really think Aaron Rodgers, something bad is going to happen to him in the NFL? No. No. But the media would love it if something did. Because they're all about retribution on this issue. And it's all about them. You listen to all the reporter coverage of this. It's all about, he put the media in danger. No, you were never in danger because he was never infected. Words have to matter. Infection status has to matter. And if you were in danger by interviewing Aaron Rodgers, who did not have COVID but was unvaccinated so he possibly could, then you need to start telling everyone every time you get on a plane to go see your loved ones for the holidays that you're in danger because that plane could maybe possibly rarely but might fall out of the sky. And yet, you don't think you're in danger then, so you weren't in danger interviewing Aaron Rodgers. You got his 15 minutes of fame for yourself. Pat yourself on the back and move on. Now you can pat yourself on the back by saving a great deal of money and reducing your power bills with the great Eden Pure heater, the Gen 40. You can get $20 off the lowest price. Now this is a heater and a cooler. It's a fan, but it's a fan with a heating element and it very efficiently warms you up or cools you down during the summer, but we're focused on the cold weather right now. So I can sit on my front porch. Now I've got one of those propane propane heaters, but I can turn on the Eden Pure Gen 40 on my front porch and direct the warm airflow at those parties who aren't near the propane heater and it gets them warm because it works. It can heat up and warm a thousand square feet. It works very well as well. And you can see savings on your power bill because it doesn't just heat. It also has a fan to make sure the hot air circulates in the room. Now, what you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com right now, and you have a discount code from me. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you will see my name, Eric Erickson. You click my name, and you will see the Gin 40 heater. Put it in your card and check out. And then at checkout, you'll see discount code to use Eric Heater, E-R-I-C-K, and the word heater, no space. You get free shipping. And you get $20 off the lowest price for the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. You will enjoy the device. By the way, so many people sold it last week. They did send me a note and say supplies are running low. They're dealing with a supply chain issue as well. So you probably, if you're thinking you want one of these, you need to go now to EdenPureDeals.com. Get the Gen 40 heater. Save $20 off. You put Eric Heater, all one word, in as your discount code at checkout. Hi there. How are you? It is Eric Erickson. The phone number, if you want to call in, 877-97-ERIC, 
7425. Have y'all heard this? This is where we are with the wokes these days. Uh, Microsoft has some sort of uh, technology announcements. This is how they started their Microsoft event. To Microsoft Ignite, we've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial, a people that are still here continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. Apparently they did that for the blind people who may be tuning in so they don't feel left out, but it wasn't just them. My goodness, uh, others out there were also uh, sharing their pronouns. Uh, at one point, one group, well, one group of people came in and, and it was a, a she, her and a he, him. And they described themselves as well. Hey, this is what woke corporations look like held hostage, no less. But I mean, it was, it was staggering nonsense. And yet here we are, they've got to apologize here. Here's, here's another one. Listen, listen to this one. Hello everyone, I'm Natalie Godilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked. Yes, the pronouns, folks. The pronouns at the corporate level. My gosh. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no, it's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 